circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. And tonight we're heading back to Antioch to get some good news for a change from the East Bay City rocked by a recent police text message scandal. On tonight's show, we'll hear two opening ceremonies in the city of Antioch. First, Antioch is now the only city in Contra Costa County with a non-police emergency community response team. We'll hear some voices from the kickoff of what is now known as the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team. We'll also hear some emotional testimony from the opening ceremonies of Antioch's launch of Opportunity Village, a downtown hotel converted into transitional housing for our unhoused community. And later, to honor the birthday of Malcolm X, we'll hear him in his own words after his return from Mecca. All that, and we'll be asking for your support for KPFA and Full Circle as part of the Spring Fun Drive. That's tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Freewell and Franklin. I'm coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok Territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Freewell and Franklin, and I am your host for tonight. And yes, tonight we'll be hearing some good news from Antioch. And first, a couple quick notes, though. Today, in response to the possible criminal charges being brought against Antioch police, protesters marched through part of downtown Martinez to the Superior Court and held a rally on the steps. Check out the First Voice Media Facebook page for the video of the live stream of that event earlier today. That's First Voice Media on Facebook. Also, we are raising funds for this station tonight, KPFA. This is the first listener-sponsored radio station in the country. That means that since 1949, you, our listeners, have supported this station and the work we do. If you can keep that support going now into our 74th year, please head over to kpfa.org and make a financial contribution. If you are unsure now, Take a listen to our programming tonight. Then, if you are moved to do so, please call or click in to make a donation. The website is kpfa.org. You can see all kinds of thank you gifts there. Also, if you'd like to call in, the number to call anytime is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Now let's get on with our show tonight. We got some real good news coming out of Antioch. And I need not forget to remind us all that this good news came out of a tragedy. 
In December of 2020, just two days before Christmas, the family of Angelo Quinto called Antioch police for help when Angelo began having a mental health crisis. When police arrived and took control of the scene, two officers put Angelo in a control hold, utilizing their body weight to hold Angelo face down with his arms and legs bent behind his back, leading to Angelo's death by asphyxiation. Since that day, Angelo's family and the community vowed to fight for a better way to bring help to a person in need of help, compassion, and understanding. And on May 8th, that fight and dream became a reality when Antioch launched the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team, the first non-police response to mental health and low-level calls for service in Contra Costa County. This clip kicks off with an introduction to the Felton Institute by Antioch's Director of Public Safety and Community Resources, Tasha Johnson. Good morning, Antioch, and welcome to the ribbon cutting that officially launches Antioch's first community crisis response team. I'm so sorry it started raining. You can clap. <laughs> so uh, my name is Tasha Johnson, and I am the director of Antioch's newest department, the Department of Public Safety and Community Resources. The city of Antioch is committed, as you can tell through the rain, uh, to ensuring that public resources are available to each and every community member. All the divisions being built out in this department will contribute to a citywide support network of resources, one being the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team. Today, we launch an important pillar of this department that brings yet another critical service to our community. As you know, none of this is possible without a strong partnership of nonprofit service providers. So we would like to thank all the local community um, nonprofits who have supported. We'd like to thank the county. We'd like to thank the community members, the warriors in the community that are advocates for different topics and issues. And in addition, as part of this long and somewhat exhaustive process, uh, the city selected the Felton Institute to assist us in running the day-to-day -day operations of the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team. The acronym will stand as AQCRT. Founded in 1889, the Felton Institute is a leader in providing cutting-edge services that increase a community's quality of life and transforming individual lives. Shaping the social consciousness of, Northern, of our nation, the Felton Institute has been responsible for creating the first foster home system in California, leading the 1906 San Francisco Bay Area Earthquake Relief Program, and establishing the country's first employment agency right here in the Bay Area. So it is fitting for the city of Antioch uh, to have the Felton Institute operate Antioch's AQCRT, which, by the way, will be the first, I'll say it again, which will be the first in Contra Costa County. I'd like to invite the esteemed Al Gilbert from the Felton Institute to say a few words. Thank you, Tasha. And before I start, just to center myself and the rest of us, I'd like us to take a few moments of silence for so many of the people who have died 
um, because they had mental health needs that weren't treated and weren't responded to or supported. So if we could have a moment of silence. Thank you. I'm reminded today that uh, Angelo Quintos lost his life and because he had mental health needs that needed treatment and being responded to. His family is here. I want to thank the city of Antioch for being one of the first cities in the country to take immediate action to try and get support for people in their community who are struggling with behavioral health needs. What's important for Felton is that when we saw the model that was created here in Antioch, we decided it was the model that we wanted to be a part of as a national model for how mental health response should be responded to in the community. The mayor and city council members that supported this important work gave us an opportunity to pull together a team of local response leaders, which is our Antioch Community Response Team. Members, would you all raise your hands over there? These individuals under the direction of Contessa Tate, raise your hand, please. And Curtis Penn um, will be directing the efforts. We appreciate being so openly welcomed by the Antioch Police Department. Um, they are the people who are dispatching these calls to Felton. And then 24-7, seven days a week, we will be going into the community, responding to behavioral health needs um, with all of the resources that we bring to bear. What I want to also indicate is that one thing that's really important about our community response is that we'll respond to crises in that moment whenever they happen. But when we're not responding to those crises, we will be in community. And what's beautiful about our team is that since these individuals all come from the community, it means this is where they live. They know the community, they know the people, they know where the issues are gonna come up and they can focus our time and attention on making sure that we are proactive in terms of how we engage issues that are going on in the community. And that's a critical part about, it's a critical component about creating a healthy community. Secondarily, the other thing that we promise to do in our work is that we're not responding in the moment to a crisis because almost every situation that results in a critical crisis, a mental health crisis, a, a drug overdose, or any of the other things that can happen, that's not when it ends. It's just a moment in time. So what we're gonna do as a team is that we have data and we're gonna track and we have evidence-based services and practices that we use, but we're gonna follow up with these individuals after the crisis to support them and their families, be connected to the other community health organizations here in Antioch, of which there are a number of partners that we're gonna be happy to be a partner, partner with, but we're gonna make sure that those connections that we send people to work and that they actually get the support that they need and that they get a continuity of care, a continuity of relationship, because that's what's missing in the behavioral health structure the way it exists right now across California is, is that it's, it's episodic. 
and we go out and we do things as if that's the answer, and that's not the answer. Our responsibility is to move people through a continuum of care so that they don't end up falling through the cracks at some point in their time. I want to thank you for the opportunity of doing this work in Antioch, and we're really excited to be in partnership with local leaders, the police department, and with the families in Antioch to make sure that we support you in every way that we can. Thank you. Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM KPFA and KPFA.org, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I am Freewell and Franklin, and you just heard Al Gilbert of the Felton Institute speaking at the launch of the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team a non-police community response team that will respond to mental health and low-level 911 calls for service in Antioch. Before we go on and hear the thoughts of Angelo Quinto's family, the family that lost their son, Angelo, to Antioch police on a mental health call, I want to remind you that we are raising funds for KPFA tonight, so if you are able to make a financial contribution to keep this radio station going, and bringing you this important community information, please call or click in to make a donation. The website is kpfa.org, and there you can see all kinds of thank you gifts. Also, if you'd like to call in, the number to call anytime is 1-800-439-5732, and that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Contributions during the 7 to 8 o'clock hour not only show support for KPFA, but also the work we do here on Full Circle with First Voice Media. Again, one last time, please call or click in to make a donation. The website, kpfa.org. Or if you'd like to call in, the number to call anytime is 1-800-439-5732. And that's 1-800-HEY. KPFA. Well, let's get back to the launch of the first non-police emergency response team known as the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team. And this audio was recorded on May 8th and is part of a video you can watch on the First Voice Media Facebook page. In this next clip, you'll hear Robert Collins, the stepfather of Angelo Quinto, and we'll also hear from Angelo's sister, Bella Quinto Collins. They are introduced by Antioch's Mayor Lamar Thorpe, who shares his own short personal story of growth as a government official and community leader as he too came to the grips with what happened in Antioch in late December of 2020 as he was serving as the mayor. In late December of 2020, I was in Mexico riding my bike. On December 30th and 31st, I was surprised to learn about a Facebook video by a council member that created quite the stir here in Antioch. Uh, that, la that launched a few phone calls between me and the former chief uh, regarding that specific matter. In the midst of all that, I encountered a note on social media from a constituent asking me about an in-custody death. In my final phone call to the chief on New Year's Eve, I asked the chief if there was in fact an in-custody death that late December. He responded, yes and no. Police were called to a home. The individual had a medical emergency. He died later in the hospital. And out of an abundance of caution, we evoked the law enforcement 
involved fatal incident protocol. It's protocol for short. When I hung up the phone with the chief, I genuinely in my heart believed, I really did believe that it wasn't a big deal. I was more frustrated at Councilmember Torres Walker about this Facebook video than the importance of what the chief was telling me. On January 25th, 2021, there was a short story about Angelo Quinto's death and nobody, including me, understood the gravity of what was about to happen. Angelo Quinto's death changed the course of history for our city in more ways than one. We are not the same city we were literally three years ago. We're just not. The role of mayor is not the same as it was three years ago. The role of council members is not what it used to be three years ago. The role of chief of police in this city is not the same that it was three years ago. From the mayor's role to the city council engaging with the AAPI community that led to the historic apology that we did here as a city, to calls to reform our police department and how the police respond to certain calls. All happened because of this moment back in December of 2020. And so as I stand here, I can only apologize to the Quinto family for not understanding the gravity of what the moment required. I can only apologize to residents for failing collectively this city in truly addressing the concerns of our community. And so I met Cassandra Collins Quinto on February 18th, February 18th, after they held a press conference at their home. I went to their home after their, later in that evening. That was the moment that literally defined the role that I'm in today. Um, it's hard to put your arms around moms who have lost their children, irrespective of how it may or may not have happened. But you don't forget moments like that. Those are the moments that shape not only your life, but the experiences that you're in. And so since that day, I've made it a point to constantly go out to, to meet people uh, in, their, in their worst time, in their worst time. And it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. And so I want to thank the Quinto family for being here with us, for having the courage to stand here with us today. Um, there are no words that could ever heal the pain that you're experiencing. But I hope this gesture here helps you understand that your city is listening to you, your city sees you, we value you, and we respect you. And so thank you for being here with us today. So I'm going to turn it over to the Quinto family uh, for some remarks. as well. Thank you. Uh, my name is Robert Collins and I'm, uh, Angela called me dad. 
And so I would say, begin by saying this is much more than a gesture, but maybe a new beginning. Why is it important to have the Angel Quinto Community Response Team in Antioch? Respect, human dignity, human rights, or as found in the greatest law of the land, civil rights. And these are different facets of the same thing. A people cannot be judged by how they treat the most connected, the most successful, those that seem to be most powerful at the moment. A people will be judged by how they treat the least powerful, the least successful, those that may be the most vulnerable at the moment. We are not judged by how we treat popular leaders, rich people, or those from whom we could gain. We are judged by how we treat children, the elderly, the sick and the poor. This program will help us as a people to de-escalate, to treat others with respect, to promote civil rights for the community. Thank you, uh, Council Member Monica Wilson, for your tireless work on this concept, concept for so many years. To Council Member and Mayor Pro Tem Tamisha Torres Walker, for always speaking and out against injustice and refusing to be silenced when the need has arisen. To Mayor Lamar Thorpe for having the courage and tenacity to demand better in the face of adversity and danger. Thank you for your leadership. Antioch needs you. And I just want to thank everyone. For me, this denotes a new beginning for Antioch and we sorely need it. So thank you for being here. Hello, everybody. I'm really happy to see so many people here uh, for, this, for this hard launch. Two years ago, I asked if there was somebody else that I could have called. I asked a lot of people that and Everybody said that I did the right thing. And I've often said that the right thing wouldn't have killed my brother. Um, I welcomed people into his home who existed within a culture of prejudice and dehumanization. And that's a regret that I'll live with forever. But, um, now there is somebody else to call <clears throat> and I'm so so hopeful that that people can learn about this and continue to pass this resource on because it's so important um, and uh, it really is you know the start of uh, more safety for the community by the community um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, a lot, a lot of work still needs to be done. There still needs to be outreach, the kind of outreach that actually reaches the people who need this, the people who don't know they need this, the people who want this. I was two weeks away from knowing. Gigi Crowder with uh, NAMI Contra Costa had just given some, some resources to the police before my brother was killed. And if I had known, I don't know, maybe, maybe there would have been a different outcome, but I didn't. Um, so I hope that 
that people don't have to keep coming up to places like this um, and regretting what they didn't know because this is this is huge. Uh, so I'm really grateful for it. I hope that we can continue to make it uh, more encompassing and um, culturally competent, have, have the necessary language uh, needs met. Our mental health matters so much. Uh, people like my brother didn't know that it mattered, that he could ask for help, that it was a strength and not a weakness to get help. So I hope that we're just having an outpouring of strength in this community. Um, and I'm really grateful that his, his death isn't in vain. And I hope that he can, um, he can help save some more lives, I guess. So yeah, thank you. Welcome back. This is Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. I am Free Will and Franklin, and you just heard Bella Quinto Collins and Robert Collins, the sister and stepfather of Angelo Quinto. They were speaking at the opening ceremonies of the launch of the AQCRT. That's the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team named after Angelo Quinto, who was killed when the police were called to a mental health crisis. Something that happens far too often, and right now I'm particularly thinking of Miles Hall at the moment. Well, after the official event was over, I caught up with Antioch's new police chief, Dr. Stephen Ford. This is what he had to say about the Angelo Quinto emergency response team. Followed by that, we'll hear from Robert Collins, Angelo's stepfather. Well, I know it's going to help. I mean, there's, there's a lot of low-level mental health-related calls that we should be going to. We don't have the expertise or the training to go to. Right. And so this will be a huge help in terms of freeing us up for more serious-related calls that we need to go to. Right, and yeah. the police department is going to make that determination. Without question. And, you know, we've embraced this from the very beginning. I just want to make that clear. If there's any misnomers about us not embracing this, yes, we embrace this resource. Okay, we need this resource. There's no question about it. And the city will be much better with this resource in place. So I'm all for it. Okay, great. Now, what, what do you say to the people who say, well, what happens if you get there and you need police? Well, I mean, there's going to be a whole filtering process. The Felton Institute is working with our, our with our dispatchers. They have a whole protocol in place to determine who goes to what call. So it may be a situation where they go by themselves. It may be a joint call for service where we go with them and accompany them to keep them safe. Or it may be a situation where it's strictly a police-related call. But all that will be deciphered and filtered, you know, within our dispatch world, and then we'll send the appropriate resources out. Um, we have a strong process in place. We're so happy that they're here. I know I'm personally grateful for Al and his team, and so we look forward to working with them. I mean, are there any examples of when you would maybe it would go to a response team member instead of police showing up? Is there well, any criteria there? low-level mental health-related phone calls, or, or calls for service, rather. Low-level mental health-related calls. So, I mean, every call takes on its own complexion, takes on its own process, if you will. And so as those calls come in piece by piece, one by one, we'll make those assessments and get the right resources out. And how will this help Antioch, please, considering... You know everything that's going on. How is this going to help as far as responding to some of these situations? Well, I, I think what it does is shows that the police department, in particular, we are a partner in this community. We want this community to know that we are a partner uh, in this thing called public safety, and uh, there is no rift. There's no separation. The police are the public. The public are the police. We embrace them. We need their help and assistance as well. And so this is a joint effort for sure. But as far as I guess with reduced numbers, is there with with 
police readiness going? Is there will, will this kind of help fill some we, of those we, gaps we have, a little bit? Or? We, we, it's no misnomer. We have reduced numbers. That that's well chronicled. Uh, but as I've said before, it's not a public safety issue right now. And without question, this resource coming in will certainly free us up for for uh, more serious calls for service. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. I'm gonna jump over here and see if I can get in on um, Robert Collins. On another side, we, we truly believe that this is transformative, there's a new beginning for Antioch, and that if this program had existed in December 2020, Angelo would be alive today. You, you strongly believe that would have been the case? I, I do, I do. And so, you know, the fact that it helped instigate this program, I think gives us a sense of maybe Angelo's life was not lost in vain. And so it helps in that way. But it's, uh, we're still reminded that, you know, that he did pass and, and you know, and, and sometimes it feels like, like you're still there and you just, you just can't believe it. Do you, so then, um, so moving forward, how do you think this is going to help the community? Well, I mean, I think Angelo needs new beginnings and this is a great new beginning. Uh, when we try to shape culture, to, to shape it into a culture that believes in, in protecting civil rights and, people, and treating people with the utmost respect and treating the residents of Antioch with, uh, uh, with love and kindness. And I think that this is a beginning um, towards uh, healing for the community. Well, I mean, I know this kind of is more of a coincidence, but obviously with everything that's going on with Antioch PD, do, do you think this will be a good step in the right direction, showing that there is another alternative than just having police go out the scenes? I, I really do think that this is a different alternative, a different tool, uh, a different way to deal with de-escalation um, that I think will uh, probably uh, not only help those people that this program approaches, but also change culture. And help uh, help understand that there's a, there's differences in, in the approaches that need, need to be taken based on on what's happening. Thank you so much, sir. I do appreciate it. Hey, Robert, it's Franklin. How you doing? Well, I'll just give a couple more. I got a few with him. Well, just tell me how you're feeling overall. I know um, nothing's going to bring Angelo back. It's kind of a bittersweet day. But tell me, um, how are you feeling overall in general today that they're actually launching this mental health? response team look overall this is good news we need to celebrate this kinds of good news and yeah it's bittersweet for us because angelo's dead and this won't bring him back and nothing can having said that you know he didn't die in vain if his if his loss of his death created change we feel and you know this is a really important change for antioch this is a new beginning in the sense of trying to change culture and making sure that the culture is one that respects the residents of Antioch, that it respects civil rights, that it respects human rights, um, that's, uh, that's key. And so we're, we're very thankful to Antioch leadership uh, for, uh, you know, for continuing the fight and for making this actually become a reality. And we just talked to Chief Ford a few minutes ago. He's excited about the program. How are you feeling about um, you know, our new chief, Dr. Stephen Ford, and working with with him um, working with the community response team, you know, how do you see the police department and this working together? Yeah, well, I've, uh, I've spoken to uh, Chief Ford on, on, on several occasions, and I think he's, uh, as far as I can tell, I, uh, an honest uh, guy trying to make a, a meaningful change um, and knowing that those are not easy things to change and, and that, you know, we can't blame everyone for what some people may have done. So um, I'm supportive uh, of the chief and uh, look forward to uh, working with them. Um, you know, this is a community effort. It means the police needs to work with the uh, mental health response teams and we need to get beyond polarizing these things. Um, it's really not... 
you know, two sides to this. We need an Antioch police force that actually works uh, for Antioch, and we need other resources when the police are not the appropriate uh, resource for uh, mental health crisis, for the unhoused, for, for many situations. So I think it's all positive, uh, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually quite hopeful. I feel like there's uh, new beginnings possible. That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean it's not years in the making. But I think we, we are turning some new pages here, new, some new leaves, if you would. Um, and I think there's a, there's a really good opportunity to, to come up with something that really works for the people of Antioch. All right, Robert Collins, Angelo's dad, thank you very much, and you and the family, all the work that you've done to bring this to a reality. Thank you, Frank. As right. always, meet with you, Frank. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Robert. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle right here on KPFA 94.1, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You were just listening to some of the voices recorded at the opening ceremonies for the launch of the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team, also known as AQCRT. And those short clips were part of a Facebook Live video. To see the entire video, including a poem from Antioch Poet Laureate, Jose Cardone, head over to the Facebook and search First Voice Media. There you can also hear from Antioch City Councilwoman Monica Wilson, who was instrumental at bringing the non-police response team to fruition. Again, head over to First Voice Media on Facebook to see that entire video. Also, if you're moved by this type of programming that you're hearing tonight on KPFA, please consider making a donation over at kpfa.org. We are a listener-sponsored radio station, and we stay on the air with your support. If you would like to call and make a donation, you can do that at 1-800-HEY-KPFA, and that's 1-800-439-5732. And so far tonight, we heard a community changing the way policing is done on their streets. And we see change that actually happened through people, power, and government officials that aren't afraid to make serious, meaningful change. And we here at Full Circle have been on the front lines of change in Antioch the whole time. Again, if you can support this kind of work, head over to kpfa.org and click on that Donate tab Also, take a look around the website for KPFA swag or books or DVDs that might interest you as a thank you gift. Let me say a quick thank you to all those that have donated and those that are still on the line right now. We're going to continue on with our show tonight, and that is Good News in Antioch. And our second good news story from Antioch is at the end of April, Antioch opened their first transitional housing for the unhoused community. It's called Opportunity Village, and it's a former hotel known as the Executive Inn, now transformed into transitional housing with wraparound services. We're going to kick off this segment again with another intro from Director of Public Safety and Community Resources, Tasha Johnson. As you know, none of this is possible without the strong partnership of our nonprofit providers. As part of this long and sometimes exhaustive process, the city has selected the Bay Area Community Services Group, BACS, um, to assist us in running the day-to-day programming that will take place here at Opportunity Village. 
BACS provides innovative behavioral health and housing services for teens, adults, older adults, and their families by breaking the mental health, housing, and community barriers that sometimes hold people back. They help people experiencing mental health challenges and housing crisis uh, while balancing other complications like health needs, substance abuse, generational trauma, incar incarceration, poverty, and more. To speak more about that, I'd like to invite Gary Tia, Associate Director of BACS. Mr. Tia has been in his role at BACS for 11 years, working to establish critical programs throughout Northern California. He holds a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology from Cal State East Bay and began his career at BACS as a mental health specialist. Everyone, please welcome Mr. Gary Tia. Everyone, uh, I do want to take this opportunity to thank the city of Antioch and also the mayor, uh, Mayor Thorpe, uh, for this opportunity. And I was talking with him the other day about how this came about. And if you have the chance, you should probably ask him about it, but I, I, I don't have that much time to talk, so I'll, I'll keep it short. But I, I feel like there was some divine intervention in the way that this came about. And I'm very grateful for uh, Mayor Thorpe acting on it and, and, and acting on an impression to come here to have this, this beautiful program that we're going to be starting up. I also want to take some time to thank the owners of the Executive Inn. I think they're the perfect people that we're working with to run this program. Go Summer! Summer and, and Yoti, I, yeah. I, I wanted to honor them. Right there, Yoti and, and Summer. I think. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's the perfect partnership because they understand they've been here in Antioch for a long time, and I was exchanging stories with them, and they understand the work. They understand who we're, who we're going to be working with too. It's just a, another brother or another sister or family member that that may need a little bit more support and we're here to help them. I, I do wanna say last week I got a phone call from a friend of mine and she was saying, Gary, my daughter's homeless in Antioch and I need your help. Do you know of any programs that could help her? And I was thinking in my head, we do have a program and it's coming about real soon. And I was like, uh, uh, where's she staying at right now? Oh, she's staying in her car in, in front of the gym. And I said, okay. I'll reach out to her. And uh, I reached out to Jasmine. Jasmine gave her a call. And we're hopefully getting her on the list to get in here. But what she lacked was an opportunity. And what is great, what I'm grateful for is that we have this opportunity village where we can provide another chance for people. Um, the need is there. It's, it's, it, we can see it. When we drive around, homelessness has become, and, and being unhoused has become a, an epidemic across the nation. And people need help. And so I, I'm grateful that we've been able to develop a few resources here that will help people get back on their feet, help people find jobs, help people find opportunity again 
to participate in the life that they want to live, a life that they deserve. I think housing is a right that we should all have, just like food and water. And so I'm grateful for this opportunity to work with people. I, I think the need is great, but the laborers are few. But what we lack in numbers, we will make up with in effort and strength and team collaboration. That's all I got to say. Thank All you. right, welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. And just a reminder, you're listening to some sounds from the opening ceremonies at the launch of the first transitional housing in Antioch known as Opportunity Village, formerly the Executive Inn. One quick reminder, we are raising funds for the radio station KPFA, if you show your support for this radio station during this hour of Full Circle, it not only shows your support for KPFA and the Pacifica Radio Network, but also the work we do here with Full Circle and First Voice Media. I'm going to take this one moment to give out the website and the phone number, and if you are able to make a financial contribution to this listener-sponsored radio station, head over to KPFA. Dot org and click on that donate tab that's kpfa.org if you'd like to make a phone call and call in the number is 1-800-HEY-KPFA that's 1-800-5 that's 1-800-439-5732 again thank you everybody for your generous donations tonight let's get back to the opening ceremony of opportunity village not only was this a moment to open the new facility, this transitional housing with wraparound services, but it was also a time that the mayor awarded four keys to the city to four women who stood out in Antioch for serving the unhoused community in their own special way. One of those people was the founder of Facing Homelessness, a nonprofit here in Antioch that serves hot meals home-cooked meals, by the way, and supplies resources and other services to the unhoused community, such as feminine hygiene products, um, just hygiene products in general, and other things that help make life on the street a little bit easier. So this is Nicole Gardner sharing some emotional testimony as she receives the key to the city during the opening of Opportunity Village, the new transitional housing in Antioch. I love you, TT. You always encouraging me. I wrote a little sum as I usually do, just for time and making sure I don't forget anything. But um, so my name is Nicole Gardner with Facing Homelessness here in Antioch since uh, 2017. To say that I'm overwhelmed and excited to have this program up and running is an understatement. I'm just gonna go off. I'm just gonna go off script real quick to speak from the heart. We have these, this, uh, a friend of ours, I'm just gonna call him L. He's been on the streets for many years, older gentleman, about in his 60s or so, uh, has been on the streets for years. And after we had the Louis Rocha uh, program where a lot of the folks got in here into the executive inn, um, 
you know, he, he like, a lot, like him and a lot of other folks realized, like, you know, my friends are getting help and they're getting their lives together. And, you know, I want to, I want to do that, you know, and I want to, um, I want to change my life. And so, um, you know, after his friends got here and then they went to the Delta landing, um, program in Pittsburgh, you know, just every outreach, he just kept on telling me, like, can you get me in? Is there anything you can do? And, you know, I really want to change my life because he saw his friends changing their lives. And he was like, you know, just I really want to get in. I took his name down. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. There's, you know, we don't really have any say. It's a city, county thing. Really don't have any say. And just every, for a year, um, Every single week, he's just been like, did you find out anything? Did you find out anything? And, um, you know, I've seen this man in the during the storms that we've had in the winter time, And just every time I look at him, he just looks so sad. And, like, you, I look in his eyes, and it's just, like, hopelessness, you know? And, um, And he, um, like I said, during the storms and all that, he just, like, was just, every time I saw him, it was just, and he was just begging to get into these uh, these motels and these programs that the city and the county were, were doing. And um, I just felt so bad. I was just like, there's nothing I can do, bro. Like, I'm, you know, if, if the, you'll be the first on my list because he was just saying how much he wanted. And you could see the thirst in his eyes that he really wanted to get the help, get help. And uh, so, you know, a year goes, about six months ago, he came to me and was telling our team that um, his wife or his, uh, the mother of his daughter passed away and that I guess she went into the foster system or something like that. And he really wanted to get housing because he wanted to help her. Like he wanted to be there for her. And again, like just seeing him, seeing him, seeing him, he just looked so sad. And then um, yesterday, we went out and we had outreach. And this man, <laughs> I've been crying all morning about it. This man said, as soon as I opened the bus doors, he was right there, bam. He was like, they called me. Jasmine called me, I got housing, I'm gonna get in. And he was so excited. I mean, I've never seen, I've seen this man for years and I've never seen the look of like hope. Like he could see a light at the end of the tunnel. And when these people don't have, they feel as though there is no light at the end of the tunnel. They're just like, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? I really wanna change. A lot of folks don't think I do, but I do. And so he was like, I'm nervous. He was like, I'm so nervous but I'm super excited at the same time. And I told him and I looked him in the eye, Carolyn, you were there, my team members. Um, and he said, and I told him, I said, you got this. Like, you gonna do this. Like, you gonna do this for your daughter. I know you got this. And he was like, Once again, I know I'm nervous, but I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do right. I'm gonna get off the streets. Because he's seen a lot of our friends that have gotten off the streets, like Kenny, um, like, where we got Thea, Thea and Irene, um, Josie, people have gotten jobs. It, it's so crazy to me too, and it's funny because I, I get updates, Shannon, Donnie, I get updates on these folks after they get off the streets, right? And it's like, I'm engaged, Nicole. I'm like, for real, girl? 
I'm, I got married. They sending me their videos. I got a new car. I got a new job. You know, I'm, um, I got a boyfriend. Theo was like, I got a boyfriend, you know? And so these people are like, they're, they're living their lives to the fullest. And um, this is what I've been advocating for and what I've been fighting for for a long time, just to make sure that folks, the people that um, like, just trying to break the stereotypes. And like LT, or, uh, Mayor Thorpe uh, just said, you know, it's just all about compassion and love and trying to instill that within the community to break some of these stereotypes, you know. Um, and I think today is a good day for Antioch. It's been sad lately, but today is a good day for Antioch, and I think God is smiling down on Antioch right now. And I'm just so thankful. So, again, just, you know, thank you to the city of Antioch for just stepping up and doing something different. Like he, like, um, Mayor Thorpe just said a lot of these issues the city was not taken care of. It was always on the county. And we just put that pressure on the city to say, you know, y'all got to do something different. I'm thankful for uh, Summers and his wife. They've been, even before this, um, this came up, they have been, um, you know, giving showers to women, you know, when, um, you know, they're on their cycles and things like that, giving rooms to people, giving food to people. So it's a collective uh, community, all of us together. This is, and I think like even for this key, um, to me, it's just a representation of um, many of the doors that could be open for our unhoused people. And that's what I, this is what it means to me. You know, it's not about me, it's just many of the doors, I see it as many of the doors that can be open to our unhoused community, our brothers and sisters on the streets, and hopefully they will finally have a place to call home. Thank you. Wow, that was some powerful testimony coming from Nicole Gardner, just receiving the key to the city at the ribbon-cutting ceremony to Opportunity Village. Opportunity Village is a new transitional housing complex located in District 1 in Northeast Antioch. That day, Mayor Lamar Thorpe honored four women with a key to the city, Nicole Gardner, we just heard from, from Facing Homelessness, as well as Vicki Proctor of Extending Hands Ministry, the former councilwoman, the Honorable Joy Motts, also of Celebrate Antioch, and the Honorable Rosanna Bayon Moore, the former assistant city manager. They all received the keys, the key to the city. And good job to you four women for all the work that you do. Uh, we have just a few minutes left, and I want to bring you this special clip of Malcolm X in honor of his birthday. But real quick, I want to ask you if you can make a financial contribution to KPFA tonight. And tonight we featured voices straight from the community as Antioch celebrated great goals it had been working towards for years. Not only with political work, but with community work. We heard in one of those introductions from Tasha Johnson that she gave a shout out to the community warriors that fought for a different vision for our city. That's us, folks. That's the folks we hear from tonight. That's you who support community radio, a different vision for media. If you can make a contribution right now to support listener-sponsored radio KPFA, please do so by going to our website, kpfa.org. That's kpfa.org. If you'd like to call in a donation, the number to call is 1-800-439-5732. And you can remember that by remembering 
1-800-HEY-KPFA. And of course, we appreciate any donation you can make. And to honor that, KPFA has a special gift for anyone who makes a donation at any level. So anyone who donates tonight, any amount at all, will receive a special link to a recording of the talented performer and social justice activist, Harry Belafonte. This is in a wide-ranging conversation with the founder of Marcus Books, Dr. Ray Richardson, at the First Congregational Church of Berkeley, and that was recorded in 2011. Again, one last time, the number to call is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. The preferred way for you to donate, of course, is to go to our website, kpfa.org. And also, you can see all the thank you gifts there on the website. That's kpfa.org. And just a quick community announcement before we get into honoring Malcolm X for his birthday, the Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival 2023 will be Saturday, May 20th. That's tomorrow at San Antonio Park in Oakland. It's a day-long event with vendors, music, dancing, food, and you're invited to come on out and check it out. Just search the Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival online or just head on over to kpfaapprentice.org just after the show tonight, and we'll have a link to the website. And to honor Malcolm X, we're going to hear him in his own words next. This is from the YouTube channel DJ Amaludin. It's the first video of the Hodge uploaded to YouTube many years ago from Arnold Pearl's documentary. Malcolm X was born on May 19, 1925, and was assassinated February 21, 1965. A fearless and courageous and sincere man who will never be forgotten by those who stand with the oppressed. We will remember him today as we did yesterday as our beloved brother, and we remember him and appreciate the sacrifices he made, not only for African Americans, but for all people across the world. Uh, one thing that I found in all of my travels was that uh, all of the Africans, not only the Africans, but the Asians and the Muslims, look upon us as their long-lost brothers. And America had actually tricked many of them uh, into uh, a hands-off policy by giving them the impression that she was honestly trying to do something to solve the problem. My argument over there was designed to prove that it is impossible for the United States government to solve the race problem. It's impossible. Malcolm, on your trip abroad, you said you sent a feeling of great brotherhood and that conceivably you would be working toward integration in this country now. At least this is what you're reported to have said. Have you any comment on it? I don't think that I ever uh, mentioned anything about working toward integration. They haven't even got integration right here in New York City. You have worse integration problems in the North than they have in the South. So if it doesn't work, in, if, if you can't bring about integration in New York City, as international, cosmopolitan, up-to-date as it's supposed to be, you will never get integration anywhere else in the country. Are you prepared to work with some of the leaders of the other civil rights organizations? Certainly, certainly. We will work with any uh, groups, organizations, or leaders in any way, as long as it's genuinely designed to get results. Does your new beard have any religious significance? No, not particularly, but I do think that you'll find black people uh, in America as they strive to throw off the shackles of 
of uh, mental colonialism will also probably reflect uh, uh, an effort to, show, to, to uh, throw off the shackles of uh, cultural colonialism. And they may begin to reflect desires of their own with standards of their own. Uh, Malcolm, the more controversial remarks was uh, a call for black people to get rifles and form rifle clubs sometime back. Do you still favor that I, for self-defense? I, I don't see why that should be controversial. I think that if white people found themselves the victim of the same kind of brutality that black people in this country face, and they saw that the government was either unwilling or unable to protect them, that the intelligence on the part of the whites would make them get some rifles and shotguns and protect themselves. Now, Negroes are developing some kind of intellectual maturity too. And they can see that having waited upon the government to protect them has been a, a wait that has been uh, in vain. So uh, any of them who live in areas where the government is not able to do its job, then we do have to get together and do a job of protecting ourselves. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Be sure to check out First Voice Media Facebook for the entire videos of the launch of both the Angelo Quinto Community Response Team and Opportunity Village, Antioch's new transitional housing. Remember, check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for important links and information related to tonight's show. And let me give a big shout out to the Full Circle crew, our executive director, Miss M, and me, Freewell and Franklin. I'm the technical director for this show, Full Circle, and I've also been your host tonight. That does it for me, everyone. Remember, while you're out there, please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is La Onda Fajita. Thanks for donating, everyone, and good night. If you haven't had your chance, you can still make it by heading to kpfa.org.